I do want to say this. You know, this business of my being the Cosby guy who got shamed for working at Trader Joe's, you know, in some measure of time, that's going to pass away. But I hope what doesn't pass is this idea that people are now thinking, this rethinking about what it means to work, you know, the, the honor of the working person and the dignity of work. And I hope that this period that we're in now where we have a heightened sensitivity about that and a reevaluation of, of what it means to work and that uh, a reevaluation of the idea that some jobs are better than others, because that's actually not true. There is no job that's better than another job. It might pay better. It might have better benefits. It might look better on a resume and on paper. But Every job is worthwhile and, and valuable, and if, if we have a, a, you know, a kind of a rethinking about that because of what's happened to me, that would be great. This podcast has been brought to you by 4Eye Production, and now let's start the show. service would I have where I would want to tip my bill you know what I mean and then my barber is like amazing so I'm like maybe one day I'll tip my bill with my barber because this customer service is off the chain if their customer service is good I'll tip them now it depends on what the bill is right <laughs> how much how, much how many coins is. I spent initially yeah because if my bill is like hundred something bro no you're not about to get no tip <laughs> right no but I will tip you but I can't tip you the bill right but when I get it I, I can do it but for a 15 20 dollar haircut you know maybe yeah one. and I think my bill was only like it was like 13 dollars 13 14 dollars oh that was cool then so I just gave him that much I know he was grateful he was and that's why I'm like see that's why I'm glad I gave it to you because mm-hmm. he was like thank you so much and I was like you're welcome it's been awesome he's such a good person on Saturdays <laughs> only. only well t- today is a Saturday then you got a good person but boom don't catch me on you shouldn't have caught me yesterday you was terrible no I wasn't okay we depends on who you ask cause let my mama tell it <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm believe your mama every day are you ready I'm ready Alrighty. Well, what's up, y'all? We black like we never left. This is episode 35 of the Culture Shock Podcast I'm a girl named Tiffany and I'm Courtney B so Speaking of yesterday, so we're recording a little early. My fault. Because they, somebody always trying to be somewhere, going somewhere, <laughs> get on the plane, thinking that she is, you know, Beyonce little sister, mm-hmm. hopping on jets. You know, I mean. G5s and stuff. Slight work. Everywhere. I like, do what I can, you know, every now and then. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? I rode a plane. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. Um, But yeah, so... Usually we record on Mondays. The show goes out on Tuesday. Show still going out on Tuesday, but we're recording on Saturday. Thank you so much for being flexible. I just found out at the last minute I'm gonna be in Nevada, you know, hanging out at Vegas. In the heat. I mean, I'm. She's gonna be in the air conditioner. <laughs> okay. I need a do over this time. I need to go back to Vegas. I. So this With is only my second trip, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, once you go to a place for the first time, you can enjoy it a little bit. The second time you go, you've got spots. You know what I mean? Like, favorite spots to eat. Like, the drinks are good over here. I like to hang over here. So, hopefully, I'll be able to enjoy it a little more this time. 
I'm I'm a little, too. I'm nervous because next week I'm going to be telling you guys about Dreamville because I'm coming back to North Carolina for Dreamville next weekend. Um, but in order to do that, y'all know I live in Charlotte. Dreamville is in Raleigh. <clears throat> so I'm going to have to take the red eye back in order to make it in time. And this will be my first time um, flying the Wait, red eye. When are you coming back? Friday. Oh, you're flying into Raleigh? Yeah, I'm flying oh, girl, into Raleigh. You're going to be tired. I know, but that's why, I'm, some sleep. that's why I'm taking the red eye so I can get back, take me a good, solid, strong nap sleep, and sleep. then, and no then be that's ready sleep. for a festival the that's next day. That's snoring involved in that. That's true. Yeah, Sprawl, Sprawled out on the bed <clears throat> and everything. Dreaming is going to be good. I see a lot of people talking about going. So, I mean, hopefully you'll, like, post some stuff to the podcast IG while you're there so I everybody will. can see. Okay. You having fun? I will. I will. Everywhere I go, you guys go too. So, um, but that's, I don't even know what my point was. That's what I'm going to be doing. That's why we're recording early. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but, so today is Saturday. How is, has been, and what will you be doing for this weekend? Well, yesterday, um... I went to Food Truck Friday. I mentioned it on the last episode about Do Not Forget. I was tight because I forgot. It was good. Um, I was not a good listener. A lot of um, black-owned businesses out there. There were probably, let's see, one, two, three, maybe like six or seven food trucks. Mm-hmm. They had water ice truck, ices, and it was at recess Charlotte, so you could eat outside or you could take your food inside. They had the bartenders in there. They had a DJ. Um, it was just really nice. Uh, it was hot, though. It was, like, extremely hot. And I was just like, let me eat my food and skedaddle. So I got there right when it started. I probably stayed, like, an hour and a half, and then I went home. So not doing much today, but tomorrow, um, my cousin has um, a, a tailgate that he does every home game for um, the Panthers, which, disclaimer, I'm not no Panther fan. But <laughs> I will be out there with the Red Cup Society on Sunday. Okay. And I look forward to it because we always have a good time y'all so i'll be out there at 11 a.m in the merchant society red cup society i totally got to get all my stuff done tonight so i could be out there with the red (laughs) cup society i'm trying to tell you okay red cup society and in the words of my cousin the early bird catches the worm so if you want a seat to be able to see the tv you best to be there early oh i'm gonna be there okay with my shorts on and my shades yeah, me too, because I got to be able to look at And I don't even drink coffee. I got to be able to look at folks. Okay. With the shades on. With my reflectors <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. That's what's up. So I, I'm considering Thursday a part of my weekend because something so amazing happened. I wish I could have taken all of you guys with me. Here at the Blumenthal Theater in Charlotte, they are running The Lion King right now. And my amazing job took all of us to see The Lion King with... um plus ones and everything so had a chance to check that out i've seen them before at the kennedy center it was just as amazing right here in north carolina little simba Mm -hmm. and nala were just uh you could just eat the kids whole like they really had some pizzazz and some spunk so had a late night on thursday grabbed some food of course still had to go to work on friday and then i found out that my car had a recall on the airbags and she cannot be riding around um, in danger so had to get that taken care of now i'm here with you beautiful people and of course i too will be a part of the red cup society on sunday mm-hmm. and then pray for me y'all because i'll be flying out on monday oh girl you're 
you got a, you got a, but this is going to be a good week for you, though. You got a lot going on. I guess. Drink you some water. Get I you will. some, um, <laughs> get you some eye masks. Got you. Okay. So you don't be looking like Hagatha when you get back. <laughs> Ma'am, because I know you're going to talk junk about me. I'm not going to talk junk about you. I'm going to just do. say, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> That's like talking junk about no, me. No, it's not. I'm, look, I'm giving you, I'm, t- I'm giving you advice right now. This is true. When you're on the plane, put your mask on, just stay hydrated. <laughs> All that good stuff. Get you some naps you here and You said Hagatha. That's funny. Yes. Hagatha Christie. <laughs> Hagatha. I love it. I need one of y'all to come help me pack, but that's a whole nother story for another day. So, let's get into the show. By the time you guys hear this, um, it will be September the 11th. So, I just want to take a few minutes. B and I have been discussing this. want to take a few minutes to kind of um, discuss 9-11, what it means to us at this point and where we were since we have been living during that time like where we were when we found out that um the plane hit the towers well i was in the 10th grade okay so i was in my u.s topics class and no i was in some kind of math class first that's what it was when the first plane hit because i had that first period did you guys know not Did they the tell you? One. Okay. We, I mean, we knew the plane. Yeah, we wa- were watching it on TV and we knew what happened, but we thought it was like some tragic accident. Okay. And then by the time that class, you know, got out and we saw the second one, then we knew that this was more so an attack and yeah. not just some tragic accident that had happened. And it was very, very scary. So were you guys in school the entire day? Yeah. Okay. We were in school the entire day. Um... But after high school, when I went to college, I actually became friends with people who were in New York City or their parents worked in New York City. Yes. At that time, it was like a complete eye opener because, of course, we were like, oh, my God, like, that's awful. But to meet people who had parents who actually worked for the fire department or were in that vicinity or right. were police officers, paramedics, or that even worked in the World Trade Center, that... I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, trying to figure out, like, where is my parent? Yeah. I know um, I had several peers who were trying to contact family that lived in New York. Um, and the phones weren't mm-hmm. working very well because everybody was using their phones. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't have anyone directly, like, at the World Trade Center. But it, that was still a scary experience, like, watching people you care about try to contact people they care about. Like, just in full-on tears and panic attacks. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and then, to, to go even deeper than after all of that happened, and we had the whole weapons of mass destruction, to mm-hmm. know people that were close to my age that immediately had to be deployed is another, right. you know, another scary thing to think about. The results of what happened because of that attack and the people that lost their family members or, you know, have been deployed several times or that now even are back and struggle with PTSD, just like all of those, it was kind of like a snowball effect to even now, like people are still experiencing some of the repercussions from that attack. And just to think that those people that were um, flying those planes were like trained here, like they learned how to, fly planes here in America. Like they came here with the sole yeah. purpose of doing this and were able to um, act out that plan. Like, basically, like, without any interruption. 
it's, it, it's, it was very scary, the thought. And even now, like, sometimes when I get on a plane, I be thinking, like, now somebody out here start tripping. What right, is what's the, the plan of action? What is the plan? And I feel like when they over here talking about this oxygen and all of this, you need to talk about that. Yeah. What to do in the event that some crazy person jump up and start acting like a nut. Now, if they got a bomb or something on them, there's not too much you can do. Right. But if they got, listen, if you got a little bitty, little stick them up knife, we fighting. Yes. We fighting. <laughs> because I'm not done One can go here. down for the greater good of, of the rest. No, we fighting, okay? You better be ready to use it. And all of y'all better jump in and help me too. Right. So, um, that's where I was on 9-11. There were 19 hijackers in total, I believe. And there were, the, I always get the number mixed up. I know one time they were saying it's uh, 2,996 people who passed away. Sometimes they say it's 2,997 2, people. But either way, around that number were killed um, and then 60,000 injured. But a, a lot of what they don't talk about is that there were approximately $10 billion in infrastructure and property damage. It was a lot that went on that day. September 11, 2001 really changed a lot of like how we operate, even here in North Carolina, forever. Mm -hmm. For instance, I'm from a small town. Um, it's called Sanford here in North Carolina, and it's in between Raleigh and Fayetteville. Well, right where Fayetteville is, is an army base, Fort Bragg. Now, I know in most cases you can't drive through an army base, but because of, you know, Safety wasn't a big deal at the time. Ever since I can remember, we've always been able to drive through Fort Bragg. Immediately after that, they shut that down. You have to take a scenic route to get through. Like, you cannot go through um, Fort Bragg Army Base anymore. Um, and so when the night before, I had gotten sick. I have asthma. And I had had a severe asthma attack. And um. At this time, I was in college, so we're telling our age today. <clears throat> yeah, I was still spring chicken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was my freshman. I hadn't even been in college for a whole month yet. No. Right? So I had just left home, um, had a bad asthma attack, like debilitating, like I couldn't move, thought I was dying. My mom had to come up on September 11th, bring new meds, bring new inhalers, stronger inhalers and everything. And I, I wasn't, so I didn't go to class that morning. My roommate had left. My mom came. They hung out for about 30 minutes, but they had to turn around and leave. So as soon as they were walking out of the door, my god sister at the time, who just so happened to live across the hall from me in Moore Hall, shout out to Moore, and um, she turned on my TV and went to her room because I couldn't really get up. And so I'm literally watching ABC on the television and the first plane so i'm watching it happen mm -hmm. like there's no ma major report or anything yet and i'm watching this plane and it's coming straight to the building and i'm like oh my god this is really what i said oh my god when did they start showing action movies during the week on daytime tv like mm -hmm. this like isn't it supposed to be the news and it wasn't until a few minutes later when the second plane came and I was finally able to sit up a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God. But it was like a harsh scream. And then loads of girls just started like running down the hall to my room to see what was happening. And they're like piling up on my bed, piling up on my roommate Sharia's bed. And we're just all watching it as it happened. Um, 
And I, at this point, I don't even think the Pentagon had happened. And my mm-hmm. godmother was working in the Pentagon, but she wasn't at work that day. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, um, it's definitely a day that I will never forget. I'm sure it's something that you will never forget mm-hmm. and our listeners either. No, I am a, as you guys can tell from how y'all up in arms about politics, I love history. I love history. And so being in basically a history class while you're watching history be made, I'll never forget that. I remember that day in that class, it was just silent. Mm-hmm. Like we just watched the TV, mm-hmm. like in every class. We, we didn't get let out of school, but there was no work being done that entire day. And I just remember like seeing all the people running with all of debris and dust on them and just chaos. And I just remember going from each class that day, just watching it. Like I can't, it's so crazy because I can't remember anything else from that day besides everybody just watching the TV. That's it. That's all I remember. I don't remember what anybody said. I just remember every class I went to, it was on. And that's basically what we did was watch it. Yep. You know, um, I also remember feeling like nobody was famous that day. Um, After, like, as the week progressed, you heard celebrities talk about the stories. Um, You know, a lot of celebrities either live in California, Georgia, or New York. And, you know, the the World Trade Center um, is in lower Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And so that they could literally, some of them could look out of their windows and see the towers falling. Mm-hmm. Um, some people were on their on the phones with their loved ones in the towers as it was happening. Yeah. I remember seeing people jump out of the building. We're actually talking about this longer than I thought, but as we're discussing it, um, so many other memories are just coming Kinda up. Back, yeah, yeah, and you're watching daytime television as people are jumping out of the building in the hopes that they might survive by jumping as opposed to, you know, just being covered and trampled. And then I can't even remember how long they the search parties went through the buildings to try to find survivors. And there were some, but not as many as they had hoped. Um, it was, um, what was it, United Flight 193, or 93, not 193, excuse me, American Flight 77, and then I think it was United flight 75 i don't remember which plane hit where but anyway life altering um event that happened right here in the united states of america i know a lot of times well especially before that america really felt untouchable and it really made us feel vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, recognize our vulner- vulnerability that day and i know we always give a shout out to the armed forces mm-hmm. but the, those people that you mentioned in the beginning, the people that were on the ground, the police officers, the firefighters, and especially the everyday people who were just going to work or leaving work. It was a day where people forgot, you know, what their ethnicity was and they were just trying to help people get away from destruction or off from under rubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a huge thank you and recognition to everyone who was involved and um and to the families that lost, lost loved ones because mm-hmm. you know we talk about it on 9/11 but they are still living it every day because yeah. their family members are no longer with us and they have to live with that so um just thinking of them on this day too because that has to be one of the scariest things ever to experience truly Ooh, 
That's heavy. Yeah. But we had to talk about it. Yes. It's a part of our history. Yep. It's a part of our history and it's a part of it's a part of our lives. It's not something that somebody had to tell us about or had us read in a textbook. We were there and I always think someday when we have kids and grandkids and great grandkids, they'll have to do a report and the teacher will tell them, Go home and ask your grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, about it. Um and we will be able to tell them because we were, you know, living. Yeah. That's kinda cool. It is well. Well, that we, that we can share it with them. Yeah, that like, we can directly share yeah. history. Yeah. Yes. Not that it happened more, no. But that they can come to someone and they can we can tell them, like, this is what happened. This is what I was doing. Mm-hmm. This is what it was like. This is what we saw. Right. That's cool. That aspect. Yep. Indeed. So, um, but there are, there are things that happened this week that we definitely want to talk to you guys about. The world makes B me tired. B is rolling her eyes already, you guys. The we world just makes moved me tired. On. The world exhausts me sometimes no matter how many naps you get huh no no matter how many naps i get y'all do some more shit okay so with that being said then do you want to start with something positive yeah let's like we want to segue into something positive counteract the the negative with the positive because that was heavy but i just wanted us to get it out of the way gotcha so guess whose baby is one years old one year old guess she didn't put an s on the end of that Rihanna's. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> so Fenty just turned one year old. Uh, whatever, however you say one it. Year. Fenty just turned one. Cool. And I am a supporter of Fenty Beauty. And I just won't forget, like, time is flying. I will not forget how I felt whenever I saw that Robin was coming out with a makeup line. And then I won't forget how the girls were in the stores crying. Yes, they went nuts. Man. And it wasn't even one of those you know fighting like oh i gotta have this it was wow somebody made a shade for me Mm -hmm. like after all this time someone thought of us so congratulations rihanna yeah some of that that diamond listen the lip gloss oh okay i thought you were gonna say that new um what do you call it body lava yes doesn't she have a new one? Yeah, it's it's like a, a, a silver shimmery one. See, I feel like I'm gonna be one of like one of those babies where you they get really quiet in the house and you're trying to figure out where they are and all of a sudden you oh, find them and they got pudding like, everywhere. You gonna come down here looking like a disco ball? <laughs> but I did see the ad that she has for it. She used and she used a plus sized male model. I saw, love it. Like you know, for inclusion. So mm-hmm. I thought that was good on her part to to show that beauty comes in all shades, shapes, sizes, and genders. Mm-hmm. I concur. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of something else positive before we get into the grit. Um, Cicely Tyson, who is 93, we've spoken about her recently. She did a dedication to Aretha Franklin at her funeral last week, which was astounding. Um, but she is getting an honorary Oscar. I know we've talked about the Oscars on this show before, not within the last couple of years, they've had Oscars. So white. you know, black people have started to, um, slowly shine, uh, with the Academy and Cicely, who is one of our legends is going to be the first black woman to um get an honorary oscar from the academy Mm -hmm. so the board of directors decided that it was going to be her um and just a little bit about cicely because i love her so much she started as a model and a lot of people don't know that and then she moved to theater and then of course she got her first role on the big screen in like 68 which was long before i came along 
in um, a movie called The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. And then her first nomination was about four years after that, which I still wasn't thought of, in 72, for Sounder, which some of you may have gone back to watch. Um, But since then, she has won a Tony. I think she's won two Emmys. And she's got a Presidential Medal of Freedom. And then if you hadn't heard about her up until like maybe the last five years or something, you might have seen her as Viola Davis's mother in How to Get Away with Murder, which she does an amazing job. Um, But I'm hoping that a lot of you have seen her before then. Um, She's been on episodes of SVU before. Mm -hmm. She does a lot of like Tyler Perry stuff. Um, The first time I saw her on screen, she was Kunta Kinte's mama Mm -hmm. uh, in Roots. But she's just got a really long history with theater, arts, and just being black and magical. Yeah, she was also the, um, she gave the the commencement speech um, for yes. Winston-Salem State University's class of 2008, which was my class. She sure um, did. So, I mean, hey, don't get no better than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I like? I used to be crazy about, um, like, Scrooge. Whenever Mm -hmm. I was younger, like Christmas and Scrooge, and they did a... So they've done two that I know of. I'm sure they've done more. But two versions where Scrooge was a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, why can't I think of her name? Anyway, she was the first one. Okay. So she has played, like, Miss Scrooge before, and she killed it. She killed that role. She's an awesome actress. Yeah, so I'll probably think of the other person later on. Okay, um, anything else about your girl? Mm-mm. She's pretty amazing. Uh, oh, and I mentioned that she performed at Aretha Franklin's or uh, dedicated a Paul Lawrence Dunbar poem to Aretha Franklin at her funeral service last week. So to segue into that, um, just an update, Aretha Franklin's family did take a moment during their grieving process to address Jasper Williams, which is the pastor who did the eulogy for Aretha Franklin. And um, they were pretty upset also by his eulogy. So it wasn't just us. It wasn't just the people, her fans. It was her family also. They also found it offensive. My thing is, did he know know her personally? I I would like to say yes, but I I can't confirm. Because typically whenever you give a eulogy, you talk about the person. Right. And what they stood for, not whatever else you want to you, talk about. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, though, because in in a lot of instances, much like the whole Madonna thing, and I know that she was not eulogizing her, but a lot of people just take the opportunity to talk about whatever they want to talk about when they really should be honoring the person who has passed. It's so confusing to me. So just in case you're listening, if you ever have to give a eulogy, it's not about you. <laughs> It is not about you. I don't you. ever have to give a eulogy to anybody or for anybody because, child, no. I don't want nobody being mad at me. <laughs> Nobody's going to be mad at you because you don't know what to be do. Like, Your little cousin's a hoe. No. <laughs> Ma'am, moving right along. And you know, if you know what movie that it's from, you you a real I, Right. <laughs> Speak, never mind. See, I do that every week and I got to stop being disrespectful. So I'm not going to say speaking of hoes. Go ahead. What? Who are we supposed to be talking about? I don't know. Nobody. Oh, um, well, I want to talk about some black girl magic. Go. Oh! 
So, I already know. Okay, go. If any of you are into politics, <sighs> hopefully you are. I just wanted to mean, run for president. But this is the thing. People always say they're not into politics, but if you pay taxes and you live in America, you better be into politics because all of these decisions affect you. Correct. So, um, this past week, there have uh, been a hearings taking place for a Supreme Court judge nominee by the name of Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, he Shook is it. the second... Um, nominee that the Trump administration has brought forth and there has been some controversy because the night before the hearings the um the committee that is to vote on this the senate what have you they received a document dump of over 42,000 pages of information about Brett Kavanaugh between the hours of 5 and 11 p.m. that they were supposed to review before the next morning. Correct. Granted, the opposite side, the Republican side, had these documents for 57 days and reviewed them. Right. So, at the beginning of the hearing, um, a lot of the members of the Senate were making motions to delay the hearing so they can, um, you know, review the information. Uh, Notably, um, Cory Booker, um, who basically said, I won't even hire an intern with only having 10% of somebody's background on my desk. So how can you, you know, expect us to adequately question and um, bet this nominee with only having 10% of their background in front of us? But the person that really, really stood out to me um, was Senator Kamala Harris of California. Um, She went in for a kill on Trump's nominee, basically, you know, not letting him off the hook, um, not letting him um, circumvent her questioning. And um, one of the notable things that she mentioned was she asked him um, specifically when it comes to Roe versus Wade and the abortion topic. She asked him um, just outright, are there any laws Mm -hmm. that you can think of right now that govern men's bodies? And, girl, he went around that question 30 times, and she was like, I'm going to repeat the question. Right. Yes or no? Do you know of any laws that govern male bodies? Couldn't answer. She was so Um, specific. So specific in her questioning. Um, And also, she asked him um, about having contact with Trump's lawyer amidst the whole investigation with collusion. Right. Which, again... He could not answer. And so he was shook. Shook He was. He was shook and he was stuttering and stammering, stuttering Stanley. Um, But this is just baffling Brett. It's just very, very disheartening because back in 2016, when President Obama wanted to nominate Merrick Garland for um, the U.S. Supreme Court, Republicans blocked it. So they wouldn't even give him a hearing. But now, on the other hand, you want them to give this person a hearing and potentially um, appoint him to a position that is a lifetime appointment, appointment right. without them having all of the information. Um, they already have one, Neil Gorsuch, that has been um, put on the Supreme Court. And if you're unfamiliar with what the Supreme Court does, they are the highest court in the land. They make um, the rulings on things that will affect us forever. So if you get two people up there that you haven't vetted or that have um, extremely... Um, non-partisan views that can affect all of us because mm-hmm. they have the say-so of the land of what goes and what doesn't so this is a very very important um, situation that's going on I suggest that you guys just google Brett Kavanaugh, Kamala Harris um, and just kind of go back and look at some of the stuff that happened in here I mean people were jumping up and down they had signs police was escorting people out they had testimonies from people you know opposing him it was just like girl you cannot make this stuff up this is like you know, HBO type stuff. Like, you cannot make this stuff up. It was just very entertaining to watch. 
but it's entertaining in the aspect that this is real life too. Right. So this is not like some type of script. And you can't just brush over it. No, you can't just brush over it. And there are important decisions being made. Also, people, you know, feel like Kamala is gearing up for a presidential run in 2020, hopefully with Joe Biden. I don't know. You see Uncle Joe came back to Instagram like yesterday. So that just lets me, that just makes me feel like. And he's playing with Barack on the internet. ramping up and then Obama's going out getting speeches and putting out calls to action to, you know, what has been um, termed the Obama coalition, which is all of us, the people who put Barack in office. And just to talk about the importance, and I know we talk about voting all the time, talk about elections, but it's very important. So... In 2014, during the midterm elections, only one in five young voters turned out, which is kind of the same at the midterm elections in 2010. And it's basically what happened in 2016, which is why we had this asshole of a president. So we can never, first of all, we don't have control of the House or the Senate, so we cannot be lackadaisical in our approach um, about voting. Because even if, let's say in 2020, Joe and Kamala get in there. Right. If the House and Senate is red, they're not going to be able to do anything. It's right. going to be all that effort just to say they're there. Right. Kinda so like this Barack is the most year. important. Yes. This is the most important thing. So it was just good to see Barack up. He was in Urbana, Illinois. Um, he went in on the GOP. He, he looked did. refreshed and tanned. Him and Michelle been and out happy. living their best life. Um, and he was just, just very, um, I think this is the first time that he actually like, gave like a verbal spanking to the GOP and to Trump. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Because we miss that. I miss the diplomacy of Barack Obama. I miss his intellect. I miss his ability to speak well. I miss his, his wit. wit. I miss his relatability, his charm. Mm-hmm. Like those are all things that go into leadership. You need all of that. You can't just be, you know, an orange Cheeto and just, you know, say anonymous or whatever he's like you can't even speak english just getting ready to ask you did you see him try to pronounce anonymous i feel like either his teeth i, I think was his tickled teeth get loose. oh my god <laughs> he sounds like his like his dentures are loose you think he wears dentures? yeah i think he wears something he is 95 years old he is not and 95 years old 102 ma'am he is not 95 years old. Don't you put him up there with Listen, Cicely Tyson. Skin, he does not deserve. Skin look like Lella. Bacon. <laughs> Stay out of that, that tent, sir. Like in, like in X-Men, whenever they uh, started putting regular people through that, uh, how would you call it? And they started coming out real slimy. He was born slimy. True. Inside and out. Inside and out. Um, But yeah, so I, I love Kamala Harris. I'm... There's a part of me who wants to protect black women. And so there's a part of me that's like, I don't want her to be president because I don't want her to have to deal. But with the right backing, she could crush it. Yeah, she could. And and, and if she was that. running, I would vote for her. We need that. Yep. Listen, I'll barely be able to go to my full-time job if Kamala Harris starts running for president. I'm going to be like, how can I help? Yes. And, and if you feel that way... You all need to help. We all right. need to get involved because as we've seen with um, Cortez in New York, Gillum in Florida, Abrams in Georgia, mm-hmm. Presley, Presley, the lady that we spoke about in Louisiana, mm-hmm. it's all the people. Right. Like we have we the power to 
make a change. If we don't like what's happening, if we feel like our country is veering even further off the rails because it's, it's been off the rails since its inception. Correct. But if we feel like it's going even further off the rails, then we do have a chance to at least say we were on the right side of history to make some type of change. That's we true. did our part. We did the best that we could do. That's so, so if true. you want to join, I mean, like Google, like the, you know, the Democratic, um, the Democratic, um, uh, groups within your area and like email them or go to their headquarters, see where you can fit in and, and help out if you feel like this is important to you because I can't stand when people say I don't get into politics because you pay taxes. So whether or not you get into it or not, they're spending You're your involved, money. Right. And they're making decisions about your life. And under what circumstances do you just hand over a part of your check and say I don't care what you do with it? Yeah, because if effectively that's what you're saying. Absolutely. I don't care what you do with it. Just take it. No. I need to know. And I need to know who is making these decisions. That way I know who to call and harass when you're not doing what I think you should do. And because who not that vote works for. too. Yes, it does. You can call right now and tell them, vote no to Kavanaugh. You can do these things. Mm-hmm. They have apps on your phone where you can put in your zip code and it'll tell you all of your representatives, give you their, their numbers, how you can write to them, all that stuff. You just have to be willing to seek this information out. You got to be proactive. You have to do some work. Yes. And I don't want to get on my soapbox because I will get on my soapbox. Okay. okay. Well, we're not going to let that happen today. So, um, in the number of people that you just listed, we uh, mentioned Presley. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've spoken about her on the show. So, after the show last week, Ayana Presley. And if you guys are following us on Instagram at the Culture Shock Podcast, which you totally should be, then you've already seen this because we posted her. But on Tuesday... When the show actually came out, she beat the 10-term incumbent um, to win the Democratic nomination to represent Boston in the United States Woo-woo. Congress. Which is crazy because Boston yes. has a long history of oh, not being friendly to black, black people. Anybody. Yeah, a long a history long, of racism. Yes, Let's call just, it what it is. Just, you know, just a long history. So, to me, that shows that people are sick and tired yeah. and they're Tired it's and sick. only the beginning. I'm so excited about this. Her win is really unprecedented. She will be the first African American woman Massachusetts has elected um, to Congress ever. That's so. crazy. Boom! Congratulations. Oh my God, heart fluttering. So she has a stepdaughter, bonus daughter, however you um, phrase that in your family. Named Cora, who is so cute. And last week, Ayana was giving her um, acceptance speech. And Ayana, um, um, Cora had tears just streaming. And so there's this amazing photograph that's also on our Instagram account um, of her just looking up at Ayana while she's giving this speech. Crying. And all I can think is future, future, future. Like the children really are watching. Like what does this say for her? And like, she can do whatever she wants to do. She can do and be what it like is possible. Mm-hmm. There are videos of like even Ayana, um, the surprise reaction that she had when she found out she won. Everybody's in the room hugging and crying and just in disbelief almost. I'm so excited uh, for her future and for course. I just love the that example of excellence that that sets. Yep. For children watching, even with like. And it doesn't even have to be in politics, but even with, you know, like Serena and LeBron and Beyonce and Miss Presley and 
Kamala. I mean, like, this is just, it, it just shows you, like, if you really work hard and go after what you mm-hmm. want and don't let the 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 progress, the 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 struggle stop you. And, like, basically I posted this thing on my Instagram and it was like, don't let the progress punk you out of the profit. Right. Like, don't let anybody stop you. Like, be excellent in all that you do. You can get to, like, heights you would have never even dreamed of. Right. And I just, I love that example no matter what it is, whether it's in politics, if it's in art, if it's in technology, medicine, whatever it is, just do all things with excellence. That is a necessity. I was just getting ready to use the exact same word, with excellence. Black people need to get to a point where we are operating in excellence no matter what no the field is so that what. whatever a child wants to be that's coming in behind us, they can see what excellence looks like in that particular field. And I we mentioned this, and I don't mean to backtrack because I know we got a lot of topics to cover, but this goes back to in our episode, if you've been listening to us for a long time since we uh, started at the beginning of the year, you mm-hmm. may remember the episode for women. And I talked about my preceptor, Charmaine, who I love dearly. And I was, I'm just so grateful that on my first job as a black nurse um, in such a prestigious hospital that I had, and not, not only Charmaine, either, even though she was my primary one that I still look to for advice, I had another um, lady that I worked with named Christy who was just, just, when I tell you just excellence, I mean, not only from their practice, but I mean, you name, you don't see them coming to their hair always done, makeup always done, smelling good, iron with creases. Like this, I mean, excellent from head to every toe, day and everything. I love that everything. And I'm just like, yeah, like I want to be like that. Right. I want to be like her. You know, that's what we we need those examples. We truly from our do. men and women, no matter what profession you're in. I have had so many jobs. Okay, I, like we just talked a bit about this before we got on air. I've worked since I was 15. I'm yes, 32 same. years old. I've been working since I was 15. There have been jobs that I could not stand, but they ain't going to know it. Right. Still because, operating excellence. Because you ain't going to be able to say nothing about me, okay? Mm-hmm. Because when it's time for me to get my raise, when it's time for me to get XYZ, when it's time for me to get promoted, oh, you're going to be looking at me mm-hmm. because I'm going to make sure that I cover my ass. Right. I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do, how it's supposed to be done. And, then, and I, I say this all the time. I just want to work and go home. Let's just get this done. Everybody get home safe because I am a nurse. Everybody get home safe. Oh, we yeah. make it out alive. Let's just get it done. And then meet me at Fridays. When we clock out. <laughs> for, the, for the happy hour. Yes. For the happiest like, of hours. We, we need that because you never know who's watching. Yeah, that's true. Don't want to go off on a tangent. But I you know what? That in my spirit. Just growing up, uh, loving arts, being involved in arts—that's something that I always took with me, and it's transferable. Like when I um, used to be on the stage, and it's kind of like, listen, you have to act until you can no longer see the crowd. Yeah. Because if they, you can see them, they can see you. So you, if you're dancing, dance until your pinky toe is all the way in the dressing room, and that's transferable for life. Yes. Love it. Word. You better be over here. I mean, you know, dropping, dropping gems through the whole episode because that's how we roll. Even in the middle of good, bad, and indifferent, where we tell them the news and they get to decide how they feel about it. We tell them how we feel about it, but they don't have to agree. We're still dropping a good word. Hell, you sometimes better... we don't even agree. <laughs> right. So, you know, y'all <laughs> and that's agree, okay. We don't even agree all the time, but that's what makes 
the world go round. I agree. Differing opinions, able to have uh, informed dialogue, and agreeing to disagree or agreeing. It doesn't matter. But I think we have to get everything on the table because sometimes I feel like, not to not to our detriment though, because people right. take this way way far. It is it is great to have two people of semi similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, come from the same communities. We look alike. Mm-hmm. We've had similar experiences, but we don't always have to think alike. Right. That's what makes. That's what helps to problem solve and to make the world better when we can look I at agree. one thing from two different perspectives I and agree. talk about it. Because hopefully we can come to some common ground, even exactly. if it's just to agree to disagree. Isn't that what this life is about, though? Coming to, I, you know, I operate in balance, like the balance. That's what life is about. Yes, I was. I was. Um, listening to something and I may have said it on here before I can't remember but you when people say that whole thing like positive vibes only that's nah. you, you can't do that because anytime there is something positive that's happening in order to balance out there is something negative that is going to have to happen the the main thing is and what we have to learn to do is to know how to meet that negative energy with positivity because it's going to come. You could be having a good day, go outside, your tire flat. Right. I mean, it happens. So you can't say, oh, positive vibes only. No, you're going to get negative vibes, but you have to learn how to navigate through that effectively. Okay, that's a good word, too. We okay. might not need to give one at the end of the show. Listen, Courtney, but listen, do y'all need some type of coaching, life coaching, <laughs> counseling? I ain't got it all together, but I do have a, you know. Booking in her bio. I be reading. <laughs> listen, I be reading some things, you know, working on my emotional development. Okay. So, you know, just hit me up. At the Courtney B on Instagram if you need some help. Because we can talk, sis. Or bro. Hey, speaking of emotions. Uh, I'm about to twist yours a little bit. I want to talk about Nike. I want to talk about Cap. I want to talk about the NFL. I want to do all of this right now because a lot has happened since. So we talked about Kaepernick um, last week on the show. And then Nike, for the 30th anniversary, basically made Colin the spokesperson. They had planned to do it all along. I feel like it dropped at the right time. They signed, what, a three-year deal with the NFL and mm-hmm. people are mad, but guess what? The NFL still has to buy those shoes. They still have to wear them. There's a clause saying that the um, the players cannot hide the Nike symbol or anything like that. So it's pretty much a done deal. And it's so funny because um, did we? I don't know if we have... Um, if our account has posted the actual Nike video. Yes. Uh, yeah, it did. Yes, we did. Okay. But it's amazing if you guys haven't seen it. You go to our Instagram account, you know, just check it out. It's got a lot of other athletes and a lot of everyday people who are doing amazing things. Um, it was a reminder for me, like, no excuses, man. You just got to be great. You mm-hmm. just have to and operate in excellence, like you said. And I in there, too. Absolutely. And said, uh, what did Cap say about her? Like, um, if you're a girl from Compton, you become the greatest athlete Yeah, and it was like, you ever. don't play tennis, you own it or something. Yep. Yeah. I it was, was awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so the NFL. I'm so proud to be black. Y'all don't understand. I love being black so much. I, I just love black people. I read <laughs> something that said, um, I love being black. Like, it's hard. It's like hard as hell sometimes, but it's scary. You it might is, die, but <laughs> but I wouldn't want to be anything else. And maybe because I, I don't know any anything else, but I don't want to be anything else. So anyway, the NFL released a statement on social justice. Um, 
regarding Colin Kaepernick, which, you know, we were discussing this before, find it extremely funny that you support Nike's uh, use of Colin Kaepernick, if you will, but you don't support Colin Kaepernick Mm -hmm. in this way. Which makes absolutely no sense, because Mm -hmm. if you support them in supporting him, then you, You you why doesn't Colin have a job? Right. And one thing that I want to um, say is that I saw this, and you know, it's always someone who has a different difference of opinion, just yeah. like we spoke about, spoke about, which is fine. But I seen something where it was like brands faking social consciousness to get other people to buy their stuff, who swear they don't want to feed into capitalism. Right. But Nike has a history of. Exactly. Doing the types of things that they're doing back when, you know, um, Jordan first. And and if you're not a Jordan fan or Nike shoe fan, I am a shoe person, okay? I have shoes in my closet. I, I mean, I sell shoes on eBay sometimes because I don't even wear them. But um, Jordan was originally supposed to go with Adidas. Yes, he because was. Because Adidas was bigger than Nike at the time. You know, he they had... Um, kept turning uh, down Nike. Yeah. He kept turning down Nike. They had... Uh, my Adidas, like, you know, Run DMC and that whole thing. Like, Adidas was really big, and that's who Jordan was supposed to go with first. Mm-hmm. He ended up going with Nike, and he had, I can't remember which number it was, but a shoe that was supposed to be banned from the NBA, and Nike went ahead with it. Um, a few years ago, uh, there, Nike put out a commercial featuring Laomi. Laomi is a transgender Puerto Rican dancer, mm-hmm. and it just, I mean, Really and truly, like, that solidified my love for Nike even back then because they highlighted this at a time where, you know, the whole, um, what was it, Prop 8 and, you know, trying to legalize same-sex marriages. And it it was just a lot going on within that community. And the fact that Nike, the giant Nike, put Laomi, a transgender dancer, as the forefront, as as their brand rep that Mm -hmm. year, that was just amazing. Like, they were the first big brand to sell hijabs for, for I was just getting ready to say that they're always on the right side always. of history and that does matter like there have been some people shaming people saying okay well if because because you know people are so mad that they've been cutting the Nike checks off of their socks they've been burning their Nike shoes they've been throwing them in the garbage that can like already paid, paid for. for indeed it's hilarious talking about some get out of here they're gonna start wearing Chuck Taylor's like hello they're owned by Nike as well so you lose um, and I ain't never bought no Nike shoe that wasn't good quality. Okay. I love Nike. Okay, y'all, good. You know what? You gonna boycott Nike? I hope you boycott all the other stuff we do because you take everything. So, yeah, boycott Nike because Nike knows who their core customer group is. Right. And they know that's that why they never gonna, lose. We not gonna stop wearing Nikes. I'm sorry. If you're not black and you listen to this, black folks not gonna stop wearing Nike. <laughs> we love Nike. We're right. not gonna stop wearing Nikes. So, the whole burning them is pointless. If you wanted to get rid of your Nikes, take them to these homeless veterans that you, you swear to But they're not going to do that because they don't care about them. They don't. They don't care about anything. And I'm sorry for the immediate, for the people who wear, like, the clearance Nikes at a shoe show. They might lose their business, but for the longtime supporters of Nikes, people who love Nike, it's not going to affect them they they're good. They're a billion. Yeah, set, I think like seventy six billion dollar company. Right. They're not worried about y'all. And then Ford came out and supported it too. Yeah. So y'all gonna uh, burn up y'all F one fifties? Right. I ain't heard nobody say nothing about Ford. Because I, I could I could use a truck with a big bed. Okay. Now. Give go ahead and get him away too. 
Right. Like, get out of here. The people that are cutting off their uh, Nike socks and burning their shoes are not, like, faithful Nike customers anyway. Anyway, that's so true. So, bye-bye. Um, did you see the story about the GLP leader who called, and this was about two years ago, so I'll give you the details, but called black NFL uh, players baboons? Dog whistle. And the, my thing is, why is, they always say that it's not about race or it doesn't have any historical racial context, so why don't you say all of them are giraffes or all of them are lions or all of them are flamingos? Why do you always go to something you know, in the eighth family. Right. Because you know what the hell you're doing. So, she resigned. Her name is Carla Maloney. She's a secretary for Republican Committee of Beaver County in Pennsylvania. And she made these racist comments on her Facebook account. Um, now, this was two years ago. Uh, but it's... Well, she made the comments two years ago. This month, actually. September two years ago. Um, about black NFL players. She said a lot. Now, right now, she's apologizing for her... her I'm doing quotation marks in there. Insensitive posts and said <clears throat> that she would work to show everybody who she is. But I mean, I see your we true see colors you. already, sis. Like Nene, well, like, you're not my sister. So. Like Nene and Candy, we see each other. Exactly, we see, we see you. you. We see you, boo, and bye. So she went on this rant on her Facebook account saying, uh, "Well, about um, kneeling during the anthem, of course." And um, this day in particular, she was talking about the Steelers. She says Steelers are now just as bad as the rest of the overpaid baboons. You respect your... Oh, you're going to get mad, B. If you haven't heard this already, you're going to get mad. You respect... you. This is a command. I'm sorry if, if it's not coming across that way. You respect your flag, country, and our national anthem. I don't got to respect the poem that that was that has two or three verses full of kill niggas. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. I got to respect nothing. She's not done. How many men and women have lost limbs or died to protect this country and you baboons want respect? If you want respect, you need to earn it. (laughs) And so far, you haven't. She's not done. Stop watching or going to a game and paying for overpriced food, water, and tickets. Let's see how the baboons get paid when white people stop paying their salaries. Your mouth is on the floor right now, girl. I can see it. She said um, that she was... Tired of these overpaid, ignorant blacks telling me what I should believe in. I will tell you what I believe in, and that is our flag, the national anthem, and America, period. End of story. You don't like it here? Go to Africa. See how you like it there. Y'all, I wish you could see me. She Go t- to Africa! First of all, I've never been to Africa, but I hear that it's pretty amazing. Go so you're not Africa. saying anything bad. Like, all black people are from oh, Africa. Oh, but, but towards the end, she says, like, we're not... And you know we're all Americans. We're not this American or African American. Like we're all Americans. So, why are you so it's a me direct to to contradiction to what you said. So why are you telling me to go to Africa? She talked about reverse racism and predicted a civil war in behind this. Oh, she's a nut. She gotta go now. She did. She well, she resigned. But I have no doubt that somebody. I don't want to put this out there, but if it happens, I'll be like, this is what I was talking about. So I'm a refrain. And um, and I'm and I'm. You know what? I am so glad. That these people yeah, yeah, yeah. feel I this love way. It. I love it because they feel this way anyway. They feel this way, and we're seeing it. And I love, and this is this is what drives me crazy about people who who say these types of things is because you now she's 
saying that the comments were insensitive, referring to pe black people as apes, telling us to go back to Africa and say we're going to have a civil war. Mm -hmm. So you, so that whole lie about the civil war not being about blacks and slavery, th there you have it. Why, right. why would you say a civil war? Right. I don't know, but um, I, what I do know is that the chairman um, of the RCBC, which is where she just resigned from, his name is Chip Cosser. Uh, he admitted to knowing about her comments because, of course, they had to vet her. You and know, you thought that was okay? Yes. They chose her anyway and gave her a warning. Well, then he need to be let go, too. He need to resign, too. I'm just telling you what I know happened. So, Carla Maloney, she was the secretary for the Republican Committee of Beaver County in Pennsylvania, and she resigned behind the comments that I just read to you guys. But that was a lot. That was a lot. And you know what? I, I mean. She said baboons like three times with regards to NFL players. And in my mind, I guess. And until the blacks. Until I got older and became a little more traveled and got into the world. And I and it's just because I had a, a limited view of the world. Because, I mean, I'm right. from a small town. So when I think of <laughs> Philadelphia, I think of like. Philly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but there are a lot of, like, red counties in Pennsylvania itself. Absolutely. And just, I have a friend that lives in um, Pennsylvania, and she just talks about the stuff that goes on within her office, like, people hanging up Trump signs, the stuff that they say, and I'm just like, what? Like, I would have never thought that, but I in mean, Philadelphia, this, yeah, yeah, this stuff is everywhere. It is. And they feel emboldened and they feel protected and they feel as though it's their right. So one thing that I can say is I'm glad that this is coming out because when the when the tide changes, we're not gonna forget who was saying what. Oh no. So, oh no. So had that say, keep that same energy. Isn't that the phrase of like the rest of our lives? Keep that same energy. Keep the same energy. Um, just of note, because I don't want you guys to forget, like, when you see her name or hear it again, Carla Maloney, I'm trying to drive this home, um, just like back in the day when they used to be like, Barack Hussein Obama, like, I do not want you to forget Carla Maloney, and when she made these statements, her Facebook account is Carla Bellich Fueller, F-U-E-L-L-E-R, yeah, so under both of those names, same girl. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to tell you guys about that. Um, so many things happen. I know it's hard for us to not want to talk about all of it. Um, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Which is? It's a big old elephant in the room over there. It's waiting on you to talk about it. Because everybody's going to wonder why we didn't talk about it if we don't talk about it. <sighs> I didn't want to. Well, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a dirty okay, job, but so somebody got to do it. It's Saturday. And we, we got and content to night, get to. That's so true. So we got to go ahead and talk about the ghetto. So, first of all, it's a lot of ghetto going on, but I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Cardi B, my boo. Um, she, so I don't even know what party they were at last they night. They were at a Harper's it's Bazaar New, icon. New York Fashion Week. For New York Fashion Week. Right. And let's, before we move on. Cardi and get, took off her shoe. Before we move on, I just want to talk about how good Cardi looks. She let's, looks let's address, let's address this. Her stylist's name is Colin Carter. When I tell you. 
even Colin before she got dressed. That first picture she put up with all of her undergarments already. Colin is doing his honey sis look gorgeous. Also, Lala and Kelly Rowland was. <gasps> Did you see? You know I live for Kelly. They didn't have no time. No. And, the, and they were at the same they party. Were, they were all there. They got out of there and went on about their business. Did you see Kelly Rowland? You know yes, I live for that girl. I live for a suit. That I live for a blazer and a and Chocolate a baby. I know she's not okay. a baby. She's older than I am, but still. I live for a blouse, uh, a blazer and some trousers. Anyway, they were at oh this party. Oh, my God. Now, allegedly, Cardi approached Nikki's area, table, whatever, to have a conversation. I saw, I'm using air quotes. Okay. To have a conversation with her. And... Security had made some type of reference, like if she comes over here, I'm gonna elbow her. Or something that's where they're saying that the lump came from. The lump came from security. Yes, it didn't come from any. I did her. see that as well. Um, so she, I guess, approached to say whatever she needed to say, and then all hell broke loose. She took her shoe off. I saw it with my own eyes. I don't know if they had words or if Nikki said something back, but I seen Cardi took her shoe off. Honey, with a butt hanging out under the dress, through the shoe, and then chaos ensues. I you can hate hear this. Ali, which is Nikki's mm-hmm. friend, jumping out saying, "Are you crazy? Are you crazy?" Because they were trying to say that Cardi and Ra fought, but I don't think you that did, that happened. No, you could, you can see it. Like yeah. nobody, I mean, you can see hands going, but it was not like a duke amount fight. Yeah, and then, <clears throat> and then Cardi says. Like something else about my child. Say something else about my child. Like, bitch, come here. And then you can see, <laughs> you can see Nikki standing over here with this, with this wig that looks wet. And she's saying, <laughs> I'm standing right here. What? Where is all of that? In- energy. Where is keep all that of- same energy. Keep the same energy. And for people sitting here saying, Cardi should know better. I don't want to hear it because everybody, myself included, we go up and say that we love Cardi because she is who she is. Right. We liked her on Instagram when she was ratchet and ghetto. Just because she get money is not going to change that fact. This is she the is only still part the same person. I hate about it for her is that I don't want her to miss out on opportunities because they. Because people will try to label you and they'll try to say, oh, we can't invite her anywhere because she's going to ruin it. And I don't think that's the case. And I just feel bad in in this instance about it. But I agree. Like, I'm not dogging Cardi out um, for whatever happened because I don't know what happened. But what I will say is... I think Nikki wants no smoke. No, she don't. Nikki and that's just what I believe. One of those people who she writes a whole bunch of checks that her ass can't catch. Because it's not and just with Cardi. Now, thank you for going into my next point. Anybody who challenges Mariah Carey, Mariah on Carey. national TV about singing has to be out of her damn We let mind. Mariah Carey live because we know she's a legend. How are you gonna how are you gonna go against Mariah Carey about Mm-mm. singing in a singing competition we're not doing that like no like girl you don't feel a bunch of head so she's that i will never forget she's had issues with mariah uh, little kim um remy and here's the thing like lots of people all of these other women you're the common denominator you're the common denominator and here's the thing people say it's not just about like what she says in her rhymes or what she says on television it's what she says behind closed doors that really bothers them and that's what Cardi said said the same thing like when you start trying to mess with people's money and we know that that's a possibility because everyday people do it like in a very sneaky snake-like way we'll go and talk to people and basically say if you're gonna be her friend then we can't be friends or i can't work with you or and when people start messing with your money it is a different ball game Mm -hmm. or this is my thing 
we all laugh and giggle on social media, but as a public figure in the music business, there is, I don't care what nobody says, there is no justifiable reason. Even if you feel this way, because listen, I know my fave is shady. And I know Beyonce probably talking her shit behind closed doors. You right. do not get on Instagram and if somebody is making some crazy remark about Cardi or her kid and you sitting up liking it. Right, don't you do that. You should not be doing that. Even if you feel that way, even if you get with your best friend and y'all laughing and giggling and she looking on her page and you laughing, mm-hmm. you do not go and like that stuff even if you feel that way. Right. Because it's, they're going to take that personal because it's coming from Nicki Minaj. Right. And we already got a problem. Your, ce- your celebrity doesn't allow for that. No. And, and if I'm, it does, it could, right? But depending. if it does, then then just operate in that. Don't be surprised when somebody runs up on you. Right. So. Run up and get done up. I, yeah. The woo child. The, the ghetto. ghetto. Y'all. Learn how to act. Calm down, y'all. They gonna now we ain't gonna be beginning nowhere. We ain't gonna be able to see what's going on. We're they gonna no, invite her. Kelly. Right. It's so crazy because Cardi had just put up a picture. I think she's sitting on the same row as Anna Wintour, and she's like, and the caption says, "I've come a long way." Yeah. So, baby, we need you to stay there. So relax. Because yeah. Nikki don't want no smoke. Right. <laughs> she definitely don't want no smoke. Especially she don't want no smoke today. with you or with Remy. So you mentioned Beyonce. I just have to say this right quick. Did you see where George, where they're saying George Zimmerman called Beyonce a broke whore and threatened Jay Z over the Trayvon, uh, which we kind of already caught whiffed of um, docu series, which I think the final part airs this upcoming week. But anyway, I'm binge watch because I don't like this. Whole me too. Thing. Me too. Um, same. <clears throat> so I haven't seen any of it, but. Um, he did that so a lot of the details are coming out and i don't have all of them but he did that after he was contacted by dennis warren and i think dennis warren was the private investigator that was hired by jay-z or jay-z's camp to find people to participate in the documentary Mm -hmm. so this is the mistake they made they contacted george zimmerman which my assumption as just a regular person would think george zimmerman is not going to want to participate in a trayvon martin docuseries um but he was livid and so he was threatening jay-z he called beyonce all kinds of names he kept contacting the pi afterwards and sent like a series of text messages then i think zimmerman or zimmerman's camp wanted um uh what is it like he wanted all of the information like of the stuff that the pi had gathered and they had to go to court in behind it because the pi was basically saying no because if you guys release this information to George Zimmerman and his people, then that's going to put other people's lives in danger. Like, George Zimmerman is a nutcase. Yeah. I truly believe that. He said, if I see either of them in my life, they'll find themselves inside of a 13-foot gator. That's what he said about Jay-Z and Beyonce, Let and it's not funny. Something. If you do something to Beyonce or Jay-Z, it's over for you. It's over It should have been over for it him. It should have been over you, and I think that... Like, you know that quote where it says, they tried to bury us, but they didn't realize we were seeds? That's what has happened with Trayvon. Yeah. Because when you think about it, that was at the very start of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it, it has not, we are it still. It hasn't died. No. Mm-mm. So this is all you're doing. You yep. thought that this was, you know, going to just go away. and You just got a, a free body, so to speak. Right. And it's not happening. And we're never going to be quiet. And you always, you know, just are on the deserving end of this chaos that you have brought upon yourself. You, you don't, he don't deserve no peace. None. He doesn't deserve. He's not any getting peace. any. I don't. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that he's not getting any peace. He doesn't deserve any peace, and um, I feel like he 
he has a sorry existence. Yeah. You have a sorry existence left on this earth. He and his Given wife the fact aren't... that you are still doing stuff like this. It'll be one thing if he was even a a fraction of a bit remorseful for what right. he, if he you but know he's not right like not even like it would seem like even in my mind like I mean even if he would have played guilty to like manslaughter or something they probably wouldn't have gave him but like two or three years with that probate something I, you just act like you did nothing wrong I was thinking about this the other day and I was like dang like even if it boils down to the fact that they told him to leave the boy alone they said don't get out of the car and he went and addressed Trayvon anyway, and it ended in loss of life, and he didn't get into trouble, and I don't understand that. And something like that does not make me believe that the justice system in America would do right by me if something happened to me. Because it's especially if you are deceased, because what they're going to do is then put you on trial. Right, and I can't and speak for myself. Speak, and that's exactly what happened in the case with Trayvon. Number one, number one, and this is the whole topic for a different day. We have to get on this. Yes. But I feel like in order to pacify the public, which, you know, it was hype. I feel like in a lot of times, even with stuff like the Casey Anthony, and y'all, if I've, I've said this a million times, I love true crime. Mm. But they overcharge for stuff that you have to be able to prove that thing beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. So why go in with first degree murder when you you can't prove that without a shadow of a doubt, although we can infer what happened. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to prove that in a court of law. So you can't go in with first degree murder if you don't have first degree murder evidence. Although right. we kind of can tell what happened. We figured what happened. You can't go off of that. Correct. And the jury had they they can't decide on that. I can see why they thought that they had it though, because they had the nine one one tapes and they had the eyewitnesses that were looking out of their windows whenever the altercation was going down, and somehow he still got off. So. Because Trayvon is not here to correct. You have to go off of what you can see and hear, and it's a big difference when that person is not there to tell you. Right. And. Another, have you ever been have you been jury duty before? No. Whenever you're on jury duty, they give you this huge stack of papers. Mm-hmm. And in that stack of papers, like I'm telling you, which is it, it can it can work in your favor if you are really innocent. Right. It I mean, the things that have to be Proven, proven for you to say that they're guilty are very it's the system yeah it, it, it is, is a system. it is very very detailed and if those things you can't check those things off or you can't you cannot say that they're guilty mm-hmm. so it's a lot that goes into that however we know that he killed that boy right. and, but i can given that i was on like a jury duty for like two weeks in a crime it wasn't like a death or anything but it was a, a shooting that took place into a, a dwelling Girl, I was just like, I didn't realize that it was it was like this. Right. And we ended up having a mistrial because we could not come to any agreement. Crazy. Yes. It was this was in a tray file, honey. They was shooting up the place. <laughs> it was a fight in the courtroom. Girls like TV. <laughs> I was just like clutching. Were you looking throat. from side to side? Yes, I was. I was like, I hope they don't follow me outside or nothing. <laughs> Ma'am. But, yeah, so I, I'm just like, first of all, you ain't gonna do nothing to Beyonce and Jay Z. They ain't worried about you. Right. A bro- First of all, you call Julius. Beyonce broke. So we know that you're delusional. Right. Oh, my God. Um, one other thing I do, because, uh, you know, we do have to move along. Um, so maybe we'll save some of this stuff for next week. But I do want to talk about um, 
the 26-year-old young man who was killed by a police officer who, quotation marks in the air, entered the wrong apartment after her shift. Um, and his name is, and B, I'm going to let you pronounce this for me because I want to. Jean. Okay. <laughs> I, I keep wanting to say Botham Jean. Um, it but could I be. think Okay. It could be, but on the Jean. TV they're saying Jean. Okay. And they it, they it, must it, know. It's probably Jean. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme, but Botham Jean. <laughs> Botham, Shem, Jean, 26. Um, and as the story unfolds, I definitely want us to talk about him again because something does not smell right in the kitchen. Um, but they are saying that after her shift, she accidentally walked into the wrong apartment. And I'm going to just stop right there. So, she, so she, she killed him, I guess, because she thought somebody was in her apartment. Um... I'm hearing reports that they actually used to date. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. And I it might not be it, true. And I, I don't know if that aspect is true, but did you go back? Did you watch the press conference? I have not had the opportunity to, but I, I did initially think that it was one of two things that they know each other and something was going on there. And now it's not. I think the plot twist would be if they did ever have anything going on and like maybe now he has a different a, a new girlfriend or something. But my thing is like how did you even get into his apartment? That's what, unless he was just in there with the door unlocked. And that doesn't make sense to me. Not to, to say that people don't leave their doors unlocked, but B. What's the ir- irony behind her finding the door that was actually unlocked and assuming that it was her apartment. Right. Like those two because things as soon just as do not go. In, you know that's not your place. Mm-hmm. I was like, was so she? how did it? How how fast did you pull your gun and shoot him? Exactly. Because as soon as you walk in and you see someone, it's like, oh wait, and then you look, oh, this ain't my apartment. Right. Like, how how did this get there? And so I watched a press conference um, about this case, um, and this is happening in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. And the police chief, her name is Yu Renee Hall. She's actually a black woman. Mm-hmm. She um, Basically alluded to the fact that, you know, just the facts that we know. She was getting off duty. She was still in her uniform. She claimed she went to the wrong apartment and she ended up shooting and killing him. Um, but at this time, and this these were her exact words, due to new developments and the circumstances, they have issued a warrant for her arrest for Right. I did see and that. the Dallas, Texas... Um, police department in that county or in that area has relinquished the investigation to the Texas Rangers Good. to make sure that it's all transparent and they don't have mm-hmm. anything to do with it. The Texas Rangers are going to come in independently That's smart. and investigate. That's and how it should be done. Should be. And she said that um, she said that they're not releasing her name because just like you and I, if our name wasn't known to the public and we did something, they can't by law release our name until we're formally charged. Right. So once she's formally charged and arrested, then they'll be able to release her name and what have you. But I'm just so interested. And also it was this person on Instagram that recorded some of it. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. I saw a couple photographs and I saw that she allegedly requested that they give her a drug test and um yeah. to test her for alcohol to make sure. Because that was a concern of mine too. I'm like... Yeah, they, they tested her for alcohol and drugs. I just don't understand how... Because if you were that... I don't want to say delusional, but let's just say you worked a, some long hours. Right. You're going to be sluggish. Right. Like, to be that confused. So how did you pull your gun out that fast and shoot him? Exactly. And you walked up in his house. Inquiring minds want to know, but he was obviously, like, important in his community because people 
are rallying. They are upset. Like, I'm interested to see what comes of this. Same. So whenever we know um, the identity of the police officer, we will let oh, you guys know. break loose. Yeah. And it's going to happen soon because either they're going to go get her or she's going to turn herself in. Yeah, I was crushed as soon as I saw the story. Crushed. Man in his own apartment, minding his own business. Um, but I also said this. If they have ever had any dealings with one another and this was intentional, somebody's going to tell it and they're going to tell soon. So, which is why I think that they're going ahead and at least charging her with manslaughter. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Um, anything else before we move into? I do want to say this. Oh, God, Kanye. I don't. Want to talk we don't. We don't have to talk about it. But I, I. This is the only part I want to say. I saw the video, or snippets, and I just don't understand. I would never do this. First of all, the song was terrible. And, and I know what it's flames. for. No, the, no, no it's, it's not. Awful. And I, people kill me with that just because that's like I love Beyonce to death. But if she had a terrible song, we'd just be like, well, that ain't it, sis. That's not it for me. But I'll say this. The camera pans to his necklace several times. I don't know if you saw that it mm -hmm. says Donda. And under the circumstances, if you've seen the, the video or snippets of the video or heard the song, then you'll understand why I'm saying this. I would not wear a necklace with my mama's name on it, my deceased mother's name on it for that purpose. But, um, scoopity scoopity do. <laughs> Throwback. That's all I got to say about that. Rewind. So, yeah. Anyway, like I said, that was our good, bad, and indifferent. You decide how you feel about it. You want to tell us, let us know. If you don't, then keep it to yourself. I don't care. Um, but today, B, I do want to talk to you about hair for a minute you know it's something that we discuss all the time you get with your girlfriends whether it's your sister your your aunties um you know we go to the salon on a on a weekly basis unless you know you've taken the natural route and even some people who are natural go to the salon and so I just want to talk about it from several different angles if we can um but I, de I also want to get into two specific things about it now culturally hair is important to us Black women catch a lot of flack or have in the past for not wanting to get like our hair wet or sweated out. Um, but I used to always say, well, God, look how much time and how much money we have to spend on making sure that it looks good. So the hair business from a financial standpoint is like half a trillion. That's five hundred mm -hmm. billion dollars. Some of the stats say like it's seven hundred million, but they're not taking into account extensions. They're not. Thinking about weaves, independent distributors, yeah, tongue tied, independent distributors, um, supply supply stores, styling tools, and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, are they taking are are they seeing black hair? All of us, including men. I think so. Okay, because I'm like now they they got their because stuff too. they do. Okay, <laughs> okay, they got their stuff too. And you can tell that it matters. Like hair in the black community matters, and from a worldwide perspective as well, because Pantene over the last few years, especially like going the natural route or changing how uh, we view hair in general, Pantene Pro-V, Dove, Suave, and some other brands have all changed like their products and their marketing. And their marketing yeah. For the sake of the black dollar. Mm -hmm. So. And that's where one of the, one of the first, how one of the first black millionaires was made. 
exactly. with Madam C.J. Walker. Exactly. So that lets you know that even that lets you know that black folks, I don't care what's going on, they can be in the dark, but that hat gonna be done. You hear me? Listen. <laughs> I think that, that our parents done. You hear me? I think that our parents in general teach us, especially the girls, like at a young age, like you have to be presentable. And I know my mom has always had this phrase, like you got to make sure what's at the top and what's at the bottom looks good. Meaning, make sure your shoes are nice or clean, and make sure your hair looks straight, and everything else in the middle will fall into place. Like and she we used to say tell that me that all, all the time. time. I say all the time, like, well. It really don't matter as long as your hair look good, you straight. Because it, <laughs> right. it doesn't. Like as long as your hair looks nice and you're presentable and shoes are a big thing. Yeah. I don't care what nobody say. People be like, oh listen, then we just talk about Nike. Right. Black folks want their shoes and, clean. <laughs> and here's the yeah, here's the thing. I just want I definitely want to clarify. I'm not saying go out and buy a six hundred dollar wig for your hair no. and you gotta be in line for the J's. I'm saying make sure those two things look presentable and everything else will fall in line. You got a clean pair of bobos. I'm cool with you as long as your feet are comfortable. In general, we just got to, our shoes have to be at least clean and on point. Right. They don't got to cost a lot because I got shoes that didn't cost me number five, six dollars. But I'm going to wear them like they cost a thousand. Okay. Okay. So, um, just from a statistic standpoint, like natural hair is up. And relaxers are down. That, you know, that's like a nat, um, a natural assumption that we can make. Although, they st- we still, and by we, I mean the collective, spill, spend like $152 million in revenue. But it's still down on 15 relaxers. On relaxers. But it's still down 15%. If you guys have not watched Chris um, Rock's documentary, yes, Good, Good Hair. Hair, I'm telling you, that will, two things that will make you question... Even if you're not going to stop completely, just the amount that you're using it. Because in that documentary, they actually um, use a live relaxer mm-hmm. to dissolve a can of Pepsi. So They talk about fibroids on there too, yes. don't they? Um, relaxers have a link to black women and fibroids. Because black women have a much higher um, rate of fibroids in one one thing that they're thinking that it could be directly related to is the use of relaxers and the chemicals that go into your um, scalp from um, using using a relaxer. And this is just one thing that, like, I don't think people think about. Your skin is an organ. Yes. It's the biggest organ that you have yes. on your body. Um, and even when it comes to, like, your the products that you use on your face, your lotions... Even with like Johnson and Johnson and the baby powder being linked to cervical cancer, yes, your skin absorbs this stuff. So even if you know they're not telling you that you're putting this on your scalp and it's staying there, it's seeping into your skin, into the your hair follicles, into your pores. And I mean, what what is what is right up under your scalp? Your freaking brain, people. Right. I mean, y- you have your skull, but I mean, it it seeps into your bloodstream. Right. Like why would you ever put something that can dissolve a soda can on your head? Mm-hmm. Where you on your on top of your brain? Where you think? I don't get it. Not to say that I want to do fussing at me. I'm not fussing at you. I'm just making. Oh, I'm no, in, I don't I'm have any. Aware. I don't have any right now. So, so that you can make an informed decision right. about what works best for you. Because, and I'm gonna be honest, natural hair does not work for everybody. It doesn't. It really, really doesn't. It I doesn't. struggled and not. Because I don't like, you know what I'm saying? It just wasn't convenient for me. Like, I, I never mind. It, it, it's, 
it can be a lot. Um, and with with the like influencer and the YouTube culture, it's hard to Ciao. not become a product junkie or to just try all these different things. And I know it's frustrating, but I just always tell people like you can't go off of what everybody does. Like you know, you may can get some tips here and there, but you have to do what works best for you and your hair. Mm-hmm. I personally like. Stop getting relaxers. Well, I've been natural since 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like... At that point, it wasn't like this thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to go natural. Like, it wasn't a thing. It was just that I got to the point to where I realized that I could get a blowout and make my hair look exactly the same as it did with the relaxer. Because I had really, really bad scalp issues. Mm-hmm. Like, with itchiness and, you know, just being... I have sensitive skin over my whole body. So I inadvertently went natural when I realized that I could not I could stretch my relaxer for two months mm-hmm. instead of six weeks and I could just blow my hair out and then it just came to the point where like why am I enduring this pain and paying all this money and I can't even leave it on my scalp anyway because it's burning like why am I doing all of this right. and so that, at that point I decided that I was just not going to get relaxed anymore and that was in 2007 and it's 2018 right but it's been a lot of Ups and downs. <laughs> a lot of ups and downs. A lot of setbacks. Okay? Well, excuse the phrase, but I heard, I cannot remember. I feel like it's a celebrity that said this, which is kind of where I got the idea to go ahead and do this from. But I saw recently where somebody was saying, I know a bad bitch when I see her with the bad bitch cut. Like when a girl goes and she just takes it all off, she knows because it takes a lot of effort based on like what we see in the media. Um, about how we should look. And I mentioned that, you know, black women have caught a lot of flack about not wanting to get their hair wet or sweat their hair out. And then we catch flack for wearing extensions, although white women do the same. Um, and so they talk about us for not wanting to get our hair wet, but don't realize all the work that comes well, with getting your hair that's wet. That's what afterwards. I was saying. Exactly. Like, how much time and how much money that it spends. But then if you ask for money to get your hair done, then that's the whole problem. Um, I just don't get it. You mentioned, um, I love the fact that he named the documentary Good Hair, but it's so funny because growing up, one of my, my uncle Wallace um, said this one time. I mean, he said it a lot, but the very first time I heard him say it, it really resonated. And he was basically saying, what is good hair? I think I might have used the phrase as a kid. And he was like, what is good hair? It's good if you got it. And so now when I hear other people use the phrase good hair with regards to like somebody's hair being a better grade, the texture, it, it makes me cringe because I'm like, man, we really shouldn't say that because what does that say for the girls with 4C hair? Like your hair is good hair too. Actually, your hair holds styles. Listen, I am, I have 4B, 4C. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when my, when I allow my hair to grow and I get my hair blow out, honey, you cannot tell me that my hair is good, okay? Mm-hmm. My hair is healthy. My hair is flowing. Mm-hmm. It be bouncy. It lasts. It lasts. I can braid it, weave it, cut it, dye it. I can do everything. Mm-hmm. That is good hair. You exactly. can, girl, when I think about my blowout days, I just be like, my blowout was popping. That's okay. Popping, you know, but that was one of my issues, and that's why I stopped following. It's only one YouTuber that I take natural hair advice from because I feel like, people were kind of like hijacking the natural hair movement. Yeah. And I know that this is not 
may not be a real word, but like texturism is real. And there's a difference between natural black hair and natural biracial hair. It really you is. We don't. We can't do the same things. And so by you saying, "Oh, my natural hair," okay, yeah, girl, we get it. But that th- you'll get, this is not that movie. You'll this get is caught not what up. That is. You'll get caught up in that whole growth and like super growth, hyper growth rather, and length checks and stuff like that. And then, I mean, I really believe that has caused some depression in a lot of girls too, who have constantly been watching these YouTube videos, expecting their hair to come out like the influencer that they're following and it doesn't or they don't a lot of times those influencers don't even use those products that's true they're just getting paid so of course and then my thing is if you have you know like type three hair just about anything you put on your hair gonna make it curl it's up. fine mm-hmm. so of course everything you use is gonna work right that does not happen with me <laughs> it doesn't and i find and this is this is just in my own personal practice with my hair the more i leave it alone the better it does. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you one thing, like with the leave-ins and all that stuff. I'm telling you, I've never noticed a difference with my hair when right. I use leave-in and when I don't. And that's just being totally honest. Because think about it, when your hair is braided or you have a sew-in, you ain't putting up nothing. That's on your true. Hair. And it grows even faster without all of that stuff. Right. You know, because you you have to focus. I think the thing about it is in the natural hair community. Not saying all of them. But like you said, focusing on length and growth, you got to focus on your scalp. Right. Because that that's where your hair is growing out, out of. of. You got to mm-hmm. focus on the that. The follicles. It's so funny that you say that because on our Friday Night Live, I told everybody the story. I didn't know I was going to do that. And even after when we got off of live, I was like, B, I can't believe I did that. I was kind of worried. Um but it, it's fine. You know, everybody knows about the whole ball spot incident. Um, well, I had a, I too had a right. ball spot. Right. <laughs> I too had a ball spot. And so, it's still like, trying to go through that and grow through that. And um, one of the first, I'm very intrinsic and I always check myself to make sure I, I'm not wrong. And so, I didn't want to address the stylist and then the stylist be like, because stylists are sensitive. They're artists. They're sensitive about their ears. I think I ran across your, that stylist. Really? And I was like, ooh, these these haircuts look good. And then uh-huh. I was like, wait a minute. I Is that you? Right. Word that traveled. So I checked everything. Like, I went to a different stylist that I trust that could give me a treatment. And she was like, this person overprocessed your hair. They allowed your hair to be overprocessed. And because it's in the top of your head, I know you couldn't see it. They should have told you a month or two ago at least. And then it just so happened I went to the doctor because I was like, I need to make sure that I'm not sick and that I didn't do anything wrong. And the doctor even stood above me, checked out my scalp and everything. She was like, nope, your head is healthy. Your scalp is healthy. All of your follicles are intact. Somebody overprocessed your hair, giving no, no pre, no, like no information on the front end. Both said the same thing. So you're right. Like you have to make sure that your scalp is healthy. Mm-hmm. And trim your hair. People be holding on to strands. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't tell you how many people I done seen that be like, no, I don't want to cut my length off. Girl, that ain't length. Those are shards. Mm-hmm. Cut that shit off. Right. Cut it off. Like, you even have to prune your your flowers in your garden. Right. Cut your hair. That's cut how they ends. flourish. You will be okay. It is hair. It will grow back. And and if you're waiting on it to grow back, go buy you some. I will go with you. You don't know how many people I, that ask me, can I go with them and help them pick out hair and stuff. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy because six out of ten black consumers wear a wig or extensions for versatility, if nothing else, or to combat Listen, the flight that I was talking about. I'm wearing one more. <laughs> okay. 
I don't care. Right. Judge me not. And you're going to be cute. Unbelievable. But. Who going to check me? Nobody. nobody. Um, but I did want to. So this was sparked. I, I, first, I want to talk about like hair and dating. Right. And then I want to talk about something that was sparked by a family conversation where we talked about hair in the workplace and discrimination versus their right to tell you like how to wear your hair and this goes for men and for women. Like this mm-hmm. was very important because the subject came up because we were talking about men with locks and not getting certain jobs. Or even and, exactly. So, first of all, what effect do you think hair does have on dating and relationships? Like, I want to know at what level of interest you want your mate or your mates have had in the past with regards to your hair. And I'm only asking because I've been in relationships where they're like, no, I want you to grow your hair out or I want you to wear it like this. And, you know, I do what I want to do because I don't like to be told what to do. Um, but how much of an obligation do you feel to accommodate? I can be flexible, just like I like a certain look. Like if my, I might be like, hey, I like this, you know. If you'll dress that way every now and then, if we're going out on a date night, I don't expect you to dress that way all the time. That's not what you like. So if you like my hair a certain way, I might wear it that way once or twice every now and then. But like how obligated do you feel to accommodate the desired look of your mate with regards to your hair? And and, and the previous questions like level of involvement with the way your hair looks? As long as it's not causing a detriment to my hair, Mm -hmm. I don't care. I change my hair so much, it won't bother me. Right. But the thing is, because I would, I would assume that if you we are dating, you have gotten to know me and have seen me. Uh-huh. You know I change my hair all the time. So, don't get attached to me. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is because that's just like if I had a... That's like, I, I think about it this way. If I had a, a dude that I was talking to and I said, I like your hair long. Can you grow cornrows? How do you think that would go over? Not very well. Which is why I say I don't like to be told what to do. Like, you like... Long hair, then grow yours and press it out. Now, I'm all fine with you saying, like, if I wear my hair a certain way, and you're like, oh, my, I, you look, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Then I'm like, okay, like that. Then when it's when that hairstyle rolls around again, I'll make sure that he sees me with my mm-hmm. hair. Like, but I'm not going to go out of my way to overprocess my hair, to flat out my leave out to death, because when my hair fall out on the top, then what? You're going to be leaving me for somebody else who wears their hair the same way you like it. And I don't like when people say, well, I don't like weave and braids. Well, don't wear them <laughs> don't wear them i work out i'm active i'm busy i always I'm, say i like to keep my hair on my head if that means wearing braids if that means wearing a wig for a couple weeks if that means getting a sew in that means wearing a crochet style i am worrying about my hair see the, nothing to do with what their you phrase like. needs to be tailored because they do like it because you see the same people who say they don't like it are on social media all the time clicking the like button for the bad bees with well, hair. Lace yeah, all the lace fronts. And the baby all, hair down to their eyebrows. Exactly. All the lashes on, all the makeup on, and the butt injections. No, not. I'm. Listen, do you, sis? But I'm just talking about the men who say they don't like it, do like it. So um, now you've been very open on the show and, of course, with your friends about the fact that you wear um, wigs from time to time. And they're always so pretty. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I know sometimes men don't notice right away, like, at what point do you say, hey, like, you know this is a wig, right? 
At what point do I say that? Yeah, or do you just not until somebody asks? No, if they ask, and I'll tell them. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, of course. Because if we continue dating, you're going to know. But I used to be... I used to be kind of like weird about it Mm -hmm. until I was in a relationship and my boyfriend helped me cut my tracks out. So my thing is, if he go, if this one can be, if somebody can be like, oh, well, it it is what it is. Right. Whoever I'm with got to accept it. True. Because we went on and rolled right. I mean, it is what it is. It's life. We black. This is what we do. True. And this is what I do. And I, I grew up in a hair salon. So I'm not used to having my hair one way for any long period of time. I grew up in a hair salon when I was a teenager. My cousin Asia used to do my hair. I mean, I done had I done had my hair fall out from gluing tracks in, flat ironing too much. We done done crochets on each other. Now my best friend is a hairstylist. I mean, I done done it all. So I personally am not attached to it because I know I can grow it. And I know, I, I mean, I know. So I'm not hung up on that. I'm attached now, to are, healthy hair. Right. I'm right. attached to healthy hair. And if my hair is not healthy, I will cut my hair off in a style that is um, manageable and healthy for my hair and, and what I feel like. I'm not going to be a slave to weave or wigs because it's what you like. Right. I'm going to be comfortable in being me. And my thing is, if you don't like me, at all of me at any stage, then you don't need to be in my life. I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? You, you meet men that's going bald. Can mm-hmm. I tell you to, to, you need to grow your hair? Right. Your bald headed ass? And that's no. one thing that I was going to address. Like, <laughs> nigga, you bald. Don't tell I got men hair. how to wear their hair. Right. So, I mean, what's the problem? But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about microaggressions and Child. not even so much as from non-black people or white people but from our own people Mm -hmm. like I feel like it's a microaggression when you say a guy that has known you for a while and you know you may have had like extensions or braids or like a wig or like long hair Mm -hmm. and then you get a shortcut and they say oh I like your natural but what happened to the long hair right that's a short far way for me to not talk to you anymore nigga it's hanging up in my room like what what are you talking about? Right. She is in the closet. You got what? sisters, you know. What are you talking about? You like, got a mama, you know. That is annoying. So I feel like that's a microaggression. Also, one thing that I noticed on Facebook, I've never had this happen to me, and I don't do it to anybody that I know who changes their hair a lot or wears wigs, weaves, whatever. But I know what you're going to say. And be like, oh, girl, I like that piece. Yep. Or where did you get that? Or, or when you, let Shut me borrow your that. ass up. Like, just because I'm willing to let people know that it's one doesn't mean that you have to point it out all the time. Like, that's ridiculous. I agree. Because most of the time, it's just you mad because you can't rock it. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying this, but sometimes you just have to, you have to say what it is. I can rock hairstyles. Right. I've always done it. Because I didn't, we, I didn't have a choice. Like, I have thick, coarse hair. Right. So, and I was active. So, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be doing your hair every day you have to find a way you have it's to true. you have to get along my mom used to, uh she went to cosmetology school and she used to be a cosmetologist whenever i was growing up and i always got my hair done every week mm-hmm. like literally i i feel like it was like every four or five days number one because i was an active kid so i needed my hair redone all and two because she needed somebody to experiment on so i had all the new fresh styles yeah and my aunt was a hairstylist and i washed hair in there and swept up and did you know um folded up her towels and walked to get all the ladies and men because she's used to men hair too yeah 
walk to get their food, you know. So I always had my hair done, and I had to go to church on Sundays with her. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to church; your hair looking crazy. Right. So I was always, and I'm talking about hot comb on the stove. Now she may relax my hair in the shop, but trust me, she would do it at home if need be. If she run late and be like, "I'm going to do your hair at home on the stove with the blue match." Girl, I would never get my late. little burnt ears. So you know, um, hair is just a big deal in in our community and then we have to deal with like the culture of uh, vultures and people renaming cornrows the box, box of braids um even when it comes to trying to monopolize the hair care industry like you see a lot of like companies from china um korea and people who come here and open up businesses and basically try to box us out i didn't realize how profit. difficult it was for black people to own hair care businesses because we are being boxed out that's so crazy of our, of our own stuff yeah we'll we get we get boxed out because what they'll do is you know it may be a wholesaler that sells hair products and they see you as a black man or woman <clears throat> or just person in general. They see you as a black person, and they say, okay, well, I'm going to charge you. It's $50 per whatever. Mm-hmm. But then someone else that comes along that may look like me and may, may be from my home country, I'm going to charge you $20 for it. Which means they can charge less and still make a bigger profit in their actual store. And, of course, when it comes down to, like, dollars, people just want to buy what they can afford. Right. And with all of the recent things, like, did you see where the guy had punched the lady outside of the of the hair store. Yes. And then instead of like banding together and boycotting them, they had a like 50% of everything sale and it was lined up around the block. Yes. Ridiculous. I know it's another you, hair store around there. But but the thing for them was that it wasn't 50% off everything in the store. For me, you couldn't have paid me no. to go in the store and buy the products with your money. No. You just couldn't have. It would have made me sick to my stomach. So um, I totally get that, but that's crazy. Like, and it's worth investigating. How do we combat that? Because I know we don't have the answer today, but it's pretty complex. It is. Uh, I just think that one way we combat that is if 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 you do know of someone who is a hair vendor, or you know, there are a lot of people that I see starting black-owned beauty supply stores shop at those stores right because the way i feel even like if it, it costs a little that's more, what i was about to say even if it's a dollar or two more at least we're circulating the black do- excuse me the black dollar within our communities it's not going somewhere else where somebody that's gonna kick us and punch us and you know wrestle us down like the one he like all kinds of crazy stuff at least i know i can i know that my money is going back to somebody right. in my community you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying not being outsourced to wherever right so I think that's one way. And then if there, and I think too, this is another problem with black owned businesses is if you own a business and someone has a complaint or, you know, customer is dissatisfied, you would be better off in just fixing whatever the problem is yes. and keeping that customer. I agree. And we would be better off if there is an issue bringing that to their attention because it may be an honest mistake. They may not know. They may not have any control over the issue, mm-hmm. but that allows them the chance to make it right, and then y'all have developed a relationship of trust and of quality customer service, and then everybody can keep circulating their dollars within our community. And second of all, just love ourselves. Like stop feeding into society's view of what we should and should not look like. Correct. 
love your black hair. Your hair is, if your hair is kinky, your hair is wavy, whatever it is, love your hair. Accentuate the positive. And I'm telling you, if we would stop people at the door whenever they start making negative comments, not even like, we don't have to blow it up, but if you would just cut it in the very beginning, they would move on to the next person that they thought they could get away with that with, or they would just stop altogether. Right. Honestly. Um, and it would be better for your health mentally. Um, you spoke of microaggressions, and I, I don't know if you saw this video, but there's a, there was a post, and I, I feel like it was posted by a white guy who said, "I'm I, like he was so shocked by this, like he's never seen anything in, like this in his life," and it just made me laugh because I was like, "This is my middle school, high school, adult life existence, where the black lady is standing in line at the counter and she's waiting for something. I don't know if it's a coffee or a sandwich, but it looks like she's in a deli and there's a white lady standing to her right." And the white lady just reaches over. Now, I never did go and listen to the audio, so I don't even know if there's audio involved. But she's, like, caressing her hair and pulling her hair back. And I guess she's admiring it. And the pers- the the employee is also a white male. So he's looking from the other side of the counter like, is this really happening right now? And the black lady, she's so calm. You know why she's calm? Because she's used to this kind of behavior from white people. She gets whatever um, service that she's paying for. She pays for everything. And then she turns to the lady. And whatever she said. I heard what she said. You did. Because mm-hmm. I it, I feel like the lady must have apologized. But it's like, this is life. The the the, the um, black lady said, I'm being very nice today. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you to please not touch my hair. Right. That's all she said. And so I was getting ready to say. Now, I did not hear that. But all I could hear ringing in my ear was. Solange, don't touch my hair. And I mean, there's been time, and of course, in high school and stuff, and you know, even when you were younger. But I remember you let it fly then. I remember being at work. Now this is I'm yes. an adult. I remember being at work and basically like, like doing a fifty-two fake out, like juking out this person uh-huh. so they would not touch my hair. Right. And they, for the life of them, they could not understand. You didn't why want your I hair would touched. Not, and I'm like. Number one, because I just don't want you to. Right. Number two, I don't know what's on your hands. Nasty. You could have grease in your hands and then you're going to put it, anything, and you're going to put it on my hair. I don't want your hands in my hair. People don't wash their hands. It could have easily been pooped. Anything. That's how people get pink eyes. He, whatever. And he he just could not understand. Of course he wasn't black. He could just not understand why... I did not. I did not want him, and I would not allow him to. No matter how much he tried and acted like it wasn't a big deal, you're not touching my hair. Right. Point blank. I don't walk up to you and first of all, lice. I don't walk up to you and put my hands in your hair. Right. I don't want you putting your hands in my hair. And I said no because your hands are greasy, and I don't want you putting grease in my hair. Right. Bye. Now we've talked about stories on this show where children have been suspended from school or had to switch schools because of their hair. Um, locks or wearing braids Um, so as it pertains to school and work first of all do you feel like those are two different things do you feel like it's discriminatory if I'm not hired based on the if my style is kept yes it's discrimination because there there are some professionalism but there are some businesses who will not hire you based on the fact that you do have dreadlocks or you are wearing braids. And I don't mean like color. Like, of course, like, they can say if you come up in there with like... Blue or pink. Yeah. yeah. Now, you come on now. Although there are some places who don't care. Some places don't, but in the traditional sense, 
Mm-hmm. I even me as I'll be like, depending upon the setting, mm-hmm. I'll be like, why you come to me with green hair? You know what I'm saying? Depending, mm-hmm. and and that's just my own personal preference. And working in a profession where you can't even have nails a certain length, it, it that ain't gonna fly. And it just it is what it, it is what it is. But that's not to say that you can't have your braids and your weave and your drip. Like that's okay, right? But. There's some people who change it for the weekend and then go back to their regular hair for the week. I I have a difference of opinion um, from a lot of other people I know. Like, I know black people who are like, no, if this is their business, they have the right to say who they want working here and how they want them looking. And my thing is, you're missing for me because like now I work for a tech company and they basically don't care as long as you can do the job and you're ha- you have an amazing personality and you work well with others. Like at this point, if I go to work, like they probably will ask me questions because I work with white people too, and you know, it th- white people just white sometimes. Um, but I feel like if I went to work with a pink wig on, nobody's gonna send me home. Um, but it's the environment in which I work, and I can still do the exactly. job. And my team is still going to flourish whether my hair is pink or whether it's black. So, Yeah, don't relate that to the hospital. But, but here's... <laughs> Not with a pink wig. It's funny that you say that, too, because I used to... I did a short stint at hospice, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't allow... And I remember one of the aides coming to work, not with full-on pink hair, but she had, like, some pink streaks from the weekend. And she had gotten in trouble, but not before she saw a patient who... um had was suffering from some dementia and it was the first time that that patient responded positively to somebody because she liked the colors she could focus on the colors and so i'm like see that made a difference with this person and like with i feel like with pink that's really the only one kind of in in a healthcare field that you may can get away with mm-hmm. during the month of October. Ain't nobody gonna say that to you. Okay. It's breast cancer. Because I have had I've worn pink clip ins in the month of October before. Mm-hmm. Now it ain't my whole that. head. Now come on now. But I but but see then too I feel like with certain professions you go into it knowing that that's how it's gonna be. Fine. Fun, but I don't. But I, I don't think, feel like that is because it's that way for everybody. Right. It's not just like you have an afro. Don't come in. It is that way. The the dress code is that way for everybody. Even if somebody somebody white came in there with some abnormal type stuff, I've seen them be like, you you can't do that. So it's not right. But when we when we are talking about afros and we are especially with men talking about dreadlocks or well-kept braids um just going straight to the back not even like on some basquiat although it is what it is like still kept um i don't feel like those people should be penalized whether it's not getting a job at all or being sent home like once they realize that you're changing your style because it is cultural and i honestly believe that if they could do with their hair as much as we could do with our hair they would do it too, and the rules would change, mm-hmm. and that's the part that bothers me. Or like, like in the military, mm-hmm. same thing. They can't wear certain, you know, they, the braids right. have to be this size, and the part can't be any wider than this, and it can't. Child, that's why I'm like, well, I know I won't be fit for that because you're not about to tell me what to do. Right. You're not about to tell me what to do. You know, I'm what? all for, and it's not even a, 
And it's not even about, I hate when people say it's about being professional. To me, it's just about being presentable and being well-kept. So I don't care how my, how my hair is, the style I mean, it's not going to not be presentable. So anytime right. that I'm presentable, I should be okay. But I do understand giving the seriousness of certain professions why there is such a strict dress code for everybody. Understood. And I that's those instances are not what I'm referring to. I'm specifically referring to when people I went for their natural natural black yes, hairstyles. Yes. Exactly. Which is discrimination. It is. Um but you know, there are always ways around that. So if I don't specifically say like, oh I didn't hire you because of your hair, then how do you know? No, and that's the thing. That's why it needs to be more black CEOs. Mm-hmm. Who, more under, black who have an understanding. You know yeah. what? I might I might just be a dreamer or my um, creativity might be a little too much, but I don't know. Have you read or seen The Hunger Games? I've seen them. Okay. So I, I always laugh whenever I watch the movies um, because, or even read the books because the way they describe people in the capital. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I might not get to see it, but I really believe that if the earth lasts long enough, that everybody's just going to be walking around looking however they want to and still operating in their professions at some point. Like, as years go by, the rules just change. And it, I mean, and it has gotten more and more lax because, I mean, think about it. Back in the day at nursing, you had to wear a skirt and hose and a hat. Correct. And when I was working in the hospital, I would wear a T-shirt and scrubs. Right. I mean, so it does change. Or, you know, I, I've i never... I remember when I was in school and they was, were, were telling me, like, you can't have piercings and you can't have tattoos. I worked my entire career with both. And right. nobody's ever said a thing. So it, it will change and it does change. But I just think it's... You can tell when it's discrimination and you just out you just outright looking crazy. Like, right. don't come up here. Be presentable. At least be presentable. Because some people will push it to the limit. Mm-hmm. But people will discriminate people against will discriminate you too. regardless. Yeah, so that's why we have to have more black ownership, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more entrepreneurship, and we'll get there. We are getting there. Yeah. Like, I'm encouraged by that. Um, anything else? Nope. That was good. I okay. really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you too, girl. Thank you. So, of course, you know, I always want to know what inspired you or brought you joy or made you laugh this week. Please share. Um, so I feel like people probably don't think I stalk her, but I don't. Well, kind of a little bit. But um, what gave me inspiration this week was from none other than Jada Pickett Smith herself. Ah. Um, she posted a video to her Instagram. Excuse me. And, and basically she gave this nice little anecdote about how our internal emotional life reflects the same types of terrains that we have. Yeah. on the planet so you know basically just like on earth there are sahara deserts that are dry and barren and isolated you know we have those places of fear and isolation within us you know just like there are um, frozen parts of the world like antarctica we have places in us that have been hurt so deep that they are frozen and barren to anyone like we won't allow any life to to breathe Amen. in those parts of us. But we also have, you know, Hawaii's and rainforests and parts of us that are lush and plentiful and have waterfalls and are giving. And just as though we love those 
warm, green, flourishing parts of the world, we have to love the barren, isolated, and frozen parts of the world and within ourselves, too. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means, like we talked about, the negative and positive. It has to be a balance. And the key is learning to love those parts just as much as we do the good parts. And so that really, like, resonated with me. Like, I read this book one time, and it's called Emotionally Spiritual, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it talks about how it's this, our our emotions and our inner selves, it's kind of like a glacier. Like, you remember on the Titanic where it panned to the top and the it looked like it was about this big, but, but then the base. under, you got all of this. And that's the same thing. Like, you have to think about all of that. That's right. All of that that's under the surface deserves love and attention, too. So that really just resonated with me because I think we always try to, like, hide the unfinished parts of ourselves or the parts that need the most work when really everybody has those parts every that everybody needs to see that because that just makes me feel like oh well correct this is not abnormal like we all have these parts of us that we have to work on right that need extra love so that just gave me a lot of inspiration because jada be knowing she does she's lived a lot she's lived some life a lot Nice. So, um, I know this isn't black news, and we try really hard to stick to black topics on the show, but I do want to recognize the fact that um, Mac Miller passed away this week at mm-hmm. the age of 26. And I don't know if... He, I, I do feel inspired. I'm going to use this as an inspiration. So, Mac Miller passed away from an alleged overdose. Um, don't really know the details. What I did notice is the outpour now of course when somebody passes away especially when it's a celebrity everybody's posting about this person especially you know fans Mm -hmm. what i noticed this time was the celebrity outpour Mm -hmm. and i just i was inspired by this because the art of impact is what kept coming to mind Mm -hmm. like Mac Miller has been in the game for a long time he's very talented i think he's a good singer i like his rap music as well um but you had artists like um ariana grande um jaden smith i saw snoop post that movie that they had done together um with some captions um the breakfast club and then charlemagne individually and then even like local artists well local to us like rhapsody Mm -hmm. um e jones like those people like everybody was posting sizzle Everybody was posting about Mac Miller. Luke James. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can go on and on and Me on. Me too. And everybody has such a positive story. And the theme was the same, just about his spirit and about how down to earth he was. And everybody was telling, like, their first time meeting him stories and how he just, you know, rolled up and hung out in the studio and was wearing this and was driving that. And it was, there, were, it, there seemed to have been no pretenses mm-hmm. with him. And... For me, that was just inspiring because it's Mac Miller today, but it could be anybody um, tomorrow with regard to the art of impacting lives. I think about everyday people, how like there are some friends that we have or peers rather, and we see them and you check out their social media and they're everywhere with everyone. And you're like, oh, they're so popular. They're doing well. They're doing this. 
and you don't really know like what the content of their life is like if they're actually nice people you know if you're not close enough to them you just see what the social media highlight reel looks like we've talked about that before and then there are some people that you never hear from that are but you know them from afar they are touching lives all the time and I want to be one of those people. I mean, if you look at my social media highlight reel and you like it, then cool. I get to do some pretty cool things. I told you know, and what I think is cool might not be cool to you. Um, yeah, I think going to the Lion King is cool. You know, I think hopping on a plane and going to Costa Rica is cool. You know, small stuff that is doesn't cost that much or whatever. That's not small, but I, I understand. Right. I mean, in com- <laughs> in comparison to like going on a trip to China or something like right. that, you know, you can save up your lunch Girl, money. Girl, step on the bag. Two okay. Beep beep. Oh, sorry. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I just mean that you can save the money that you spend on lunch every day cuz some people eat out every day. You could eat peanut butter sandwiches and go to Costa Rica in 6 months. You could do that. Um but yeah, I want to be one of those people that's so impactful. I don't want to pass away, obviously, but like I want people to feel like I touch them and I change their lives in a way mm-hmm. um, that they are not left feeling the same when I leave. Gotcha. So there's that. What's your good word for the good people? My good word for the good people comes from none other than T.S. Madison herself. And it's basic- been a while. Okay, basically, she she was just talking about how because she knows where she's come from and the things that she's been through, her words were something to the effect, it ain't nan another bitch alive that I'm worried about. Right. Because I know my flaws and I also know what I'm good at and what I bring to the table. Right. And can't nobody nowhere tell me no different because I know who I am and I know what I can do. So I think we get so caught up on what well, this person looks this way and this person got this and this person hair is like this, this person driving this when that same person may be looking at you saying the exact same things because they see things in you that they don't have. Right. But you are so caught up or we, I'm not going to say you, we are so caught up in what we feel like we lack that we don't take time to accentuate what we do have. So true. You know, and I, and, and I just, I see that a lot, especially with just like appearances and, you know, the way people dress and the things that they buy and spend their money on to impress other people or to try to accentuate this this certain aspect of their lives or their appearance. But they're forgetting everything else that they have that is good about themselves to, to promote instead of just your materialism or the way you stuff look. does not matter as much it i'm doesn't. telling you so i just you know that's my good word for the people stop worrying about your flaws and accentuate your positives i like it that's pretty much it that's a good word thank you um, <laughs> beef is beef any way you slice it but there is an art to revenge okay oh wait so I know that sounds pretty thick. It does. And it is, right? This is mine, said the Lord. That's what the Lord said. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's a way to get your revenge. Well, tell me how, because I got some people that deserve it. So so there's a quote that we're all familiar with that says the best revenge is success, right? And that is... I thought you were going to say the best revenge is... Revenge is best served cold. Oh. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. That too, I guess. 
Um, nah, I don't like that one. I mean, I've heard it, but I don't like it. But, but I thought about this because of the situation with Cardi and Nikki. And Cardi's upset with Nikki, and so she lashed out, which I don't blame her for. Um, and I don't, I don't ever know if this story is true because I can never find the real facts to back it up. So hear me say that on the front end because I don't want y'all dragging me later. But there's, I don't know if you remember um, back in the day when Eminem kind of quote unquote dissed Michael Jackson. You know, he used to always go against like, not go against other celebrities, but you know, he would mimic them or put them in his videos and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and there's always this story that's, that goes around that says that um, MJ sued, Michael Jackson sued Eminem uh, for a certain amount of num- uh, dollars for a certain number of years. And basically they were trying to say that Eminem owned, I mean, Michael Jackson owned Eminem even posthumously and that he just got his publishing back. True or not, it made me think of the fact that there is more than one way to skin a cat. That's what my great grandma mm-hmm. used to say all the time. And if you choose to operate in petty, there's always a way to get people back while you are progressing because that is the main thing, right? We want to be moving forward. And if you have to get your revenge by staying stagnant or going backwards or staying in that place where those people are, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Now, because if, not to interrupt, but if you are staying right there where they are, that's mm-hmm. not affecting them because they function in that. Right. That's normal to them. So right. you staying in it, thinking you're getting them back. You're not getting them back because right. this is what they do. <laughs> right. It doesn't affect them. That's right. They're ratchet. So get your revenge by getting your money, by making sure your hair is done, by making sure your shoes are clean, by making sure your bills are paid and your debts are paid off, and um, that you're out here buying real estate and getting educated by any means necessary. I had a friend that told me that. She said, you want to pay... You want to pay this person back? Mm-hmm. Go do good in your life. That is the truth. Just always stay gracious. Best, Best revenge, revenge is your paper. paper. Okay? From the queen bee herself. With that being said, is there anything that you don't want the good people to forget? Yes, I do. Given that we um, talked about Mac Miller, I wanted to make sure that people, um, at least hear from us, that there is help out there if you're willing to get it. So, um, there is a national helpline. It's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration helpline. It's called, it's, um, called SAMHSA is the abbreviation, S-A-M-H-S-A. It's a long abbreviation, but it's uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Right. The helpline number is 1-800-662-H-E-L-P. Again, 1-800-662-H-E-L-P. They're open 24-7, 365. They'll help you with referrals, locating intake detox centers and other community assistance programs for people dealing with substance abuse and mental health needs. And I don't like to like really talk about something that I don't feel passionate about. And in my own personal life, I have used one of these numbers to get someone help. Right. So I'm not telling you anything that's not going to help you. If you know somebody that's out there and they need help, they're struggling with substance abuse, struggling with mental health concerns, Call that number, 1-800-662-HELP, um, and, and get some assistance for those that you love or for yourself if you need it. You always got the good info. Thank you, girl. I really appreciate that. You're welcome or whatever. Um, Courtney, be helpful. Courtney, be helpful. Y'all, somebody please come get her. I do want to um, 
let you guys know that in if you're in the Charlotte area, then the deadline for immunization is coming up. I think it's September the 24th. I know it's got a for four in kids? it. Yes, for kids. I so, got my own take on that, but that's for another day. It is, and we've we've gone there a little bit. But anyway, the number the number for information um is. 704-336-4700. That's 704-336-4700. I heard some people talking about it earlier this week, and then I saw it again earlier today. So I just wanted to make sure that people knew if you were interested in having your children immunized, then the deadline is coming up, or you need to for a specific reason. Anything else, B? Uh-uh. Um... So, I just want to remind y'all that we love you, that we Ooh. really appreciate the fact that you guys keep coming listening week over week. You must have told your friends what we said the other week about following us on Instagram because we saw that the numbers were jumping. Uh, so, we really appreciate that. You know, you can always contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can follow us uh, on SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. You can hear us on Google Play or iTunes. You can also rate us there. And actually, if you subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes, you'll never miss the notification. Mm -mm. So just go ahead and hit that button so you don't miss out. Um, And then, of course, you can always contact us via email at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. Last words, home slice. I got five on it. Oh, my God. I don't know where that came from. It was just my last word. (laughs) That's okay. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm 40. We're going to see y'all next week whenever I come back from Vegas. We out. Yeah. (laughs)